Guys, it's your podcast, Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl, and today we are talking about our girl, Britney Spears, who we love. We live for Britney Spears. She was there for me when I was a little kid. She was there for me when I was an adult. So a lot of us have been wondering what the hell is going on with Britney Spears and this conservatorship that has gone on far too long and how did honestly some of us just not even know? So we are talking to advocates from the Free Britney movement. So let's go to that discussion. <laughs> so you want to be an it girl? Welcome back to Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl. Today, I am joined by Leanne and Kevin, who are with the Free Britney movement. And we are just so excited to have you guys here. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Honestly, I'm just going to jump right into it. Tell us how we got here. Hi, this is Leanne. I'm going to let Kevin take this one because he kind of started a little bit before me in the official capacity. So I, I guess, Kevin, I'll let you take it. Sure. Away. I think you're asking like what's going on with Brittany, like right. how, you know, she was on top of the world and now <laughs> she's under conservatorship where right. all of her civil and human rights are assigned to another person. And so, I mean, as a lot of us know, you know, this started in 2008, you know, so after 2007, a lot of us know, and a lot of us remember this, you know, mm-hmm. Brittany went through a very hard time. She was going through a divorce, a custody battle. Um, her da- her aunt died of cancer. And so she dealt with it in a very public way. And instead of giving her the support that she needed and deserved, you know, the paparazzi just hounded her, um, you know, chased her around. If you saw Framing Britney Spears, you saw you know, how that really impacted her. And then her family, you know, her dad, Jamie Spears, along with his business manager, Lou Taylor, got the idea to put her under conservatorship, meaning that all of her rights are assigned to someone else, a conservator. In this case, Jamie Spears. You know, they went to the court to petition for it, and the court played along. They didn't let Brittany hire an attorney. They didn't give her notice of a hearing. And, you know, on early February, so it's been 13 years now, um, this was February of 2008, that's when the conservatorship began. And at the time, you know, a lot of us really, I I feel like her team did a really good job of pushing on this narrative that this was a good thing, you know, because when after that happened, the paparazzi chased the stopped. And so a lot of people didn't really question what it took to for that to happen. And then they put her right back to work. Conservatorships usually, as we know now, you know, they're usually for people who are at the end of their life or gravely disabled. Like they literally you know, need help putting on a pair of pants, as an example. And so not usually for someone like Britney Spears, who can perform in hundreds of shows, mm-hmm. you know, through over the course of many, many years. And so that's what happened with the conservatorship. And it wasn't until early, even when that started, there were a few critics, but you know, we heard whispers that her team were very quick to silence the critics. Mm. So it wasn't until early 2019 when the podcast Britney's Graham received a voicemail 
that basically detailed just how controlling the conservatorship was. She was in preparation for a new Vegas residency and she rebelled. Like she shared, she wanted, you know, to share her ideas for it. She went driving to In-N-Out and, you know, she stopped taking her medication. And so her dad then decided to cancel the residency and compel her to check into a mental health facility, even though she didn't want to go. And so that was when the fans, when the fans heard about that, we were like, we have to do something. And so I remember I was like sitting at work when I heard that voicemail and my mind was just blown. And I was like, we need to do something to help Brittany. And we didn't know what to do, but we felt like we really needed to join together and use our voices to make a difference. Because if we didn't do that, this would just go on because this had already gone on for so many years. It was, you know, over 10 years at that point. And so there was a rally that was happening in uh, LA in at the at the courthouse in downtown LA because a, a hearing was scheduled for the conservatorship. And so, you know, I didn't know anyone else in the movement. I just decided to, you know, make a sign and go down by myself. And that's when I met everyone else, you know, there. And it was just amazing to be around like all these other Britney fans. And we thought the conservatorship was going to end mm -hmm. that day. That was in May of 2019. When it didn't, uh, that's when we decided, you know, to stay in touch. And we started rallying at every hearing after that. And the movement just kept growing and growing. And that's how Leanne and I met this past summer at one of the hearings. Wow. So that goes right into what I was going to say next. Like, have we all been Britney fans since born? Because my first <laughs> Christmas present was a Britney Spears costume. So the love goes way back. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it goes way back. I the majority of my life, I think I was like nine years old when Baby One More Time came out. And I have been a fan ever since. And not just of the music and the performing and, you know, she's amazing on stage, but even just off stage, her personality, I was always so drawn to how bubbly and, and humble she remained despite the level of fame she reached. Mm -hmm. um, and she just was always so relatable. She was like that big sister that I never had and always wanted. So, you know, caring for someone that much and watching her grow up and deal with things she, she went through, you know, 2007 was the horrible year right. that we all talk about, but her whole career, she was treated very very poorly. So watching her navigate that pretty gracefully, in my opinion, you know, she was constantly being told what to do, what to wear, how to act. You're not being a good role model. You're too sexy, all these things. You're not and she always that. stayed true to herself. And that's what I loved about her is she was always just Britney and she was unapologetic about it. And that helped, I think, shape me into the woman I am today, where I, I hope to live the same way authentically. And that's why when I heard, you know, about the movement and, and felt like I didn't, there wasn't much I could do. One day I just woke up and said, well, why can't I just go out on the street with everyone else and just start screaming and see what happens? And that's what I did. And uh, here we are a year later, um, just kind of snowballing. Everyone's starting to listen. And it is such a validating feeling as a fan for 20 some odd years. Right. I love how you brought up the New York Times uh, framing Britney. I mean, I was so young when Britney was up at the top. I, she's still at the top of my mind, though. Yes. And <laughs> I had no idea, really looking back, just how awful the press was to her. Like, be in this, I mean, I think people have to remember this is before like 
having a sex tape was like cool and like, okay. And that mindset of like, she's too sexual. She's too good. She's too bad. Like constantly being provoked is insane for anyone's mental health, let alone this person that we've asked to perform for us time and time again. It's just that documentary was very eye-opening and just how terrible they were to her. And it, it's just heartbreaking. Yeah, and someone, um, I think it was Wesley Morris in the documentary pointing out, like in the midst of all that, in the midst of the, all that mistreatment for her, her to react um, and people just immediately kind of pointed at her and said she was crazy right. instead of kind of taking in the larger context. And right. in hindsight, we look at it and it, what did she ever really do? You right. know, the things she did were not, she didn't hurt anyone. She didn't break any laws. You know, she didn't get arrested for DUI. We see all these other celebrities who are in trouble for these types of things and manage to get all, you know, they go by unscathed. It's not a big deal. They move on. It's funny. They show their mugshot. Ha ha. It's over. Mm-hmm. Brittany made very small, you know, she had reactions, as Kevin said, she was pushed to a point of, of reacting as we do as humans and was punished for being human. Right. And it, and in your hardest moments when you're dealing with the con, I mean, I think about being stalked alone is terrifying. So being stalked by a hundred people trying to get your mm-hmm. picture, stop, that's awful. With a baby on your hip at oh times. Oh my gosh. With I both know. kids, you know, it's sick. I know. I look back at that too when she had the kid on her lap and it's like, of course she didn't want her baby not to be with her in that moment. I wouldn't either. Like Mm -hmm. you're being attacked by people and people are like, oh, she didn't buckle him. Oh, so if she didn't buckle him, then it's the problem that she left her child unattended in the back seat. So like you couldn't win. Like Mm -hmm. you couldn't win. So Brittany is definitely gone through this this movement of top of her career and also I I think the reason a lot of us love Britney is she was so control in control of herself like the way she appeared the charisma and then to this being contained it's just like it's not even natural for her as a superstar and that's just it's very heartbreaking so to be in a conservatorship which is for somebody who should not be raking in millions of dollars and being asked to work is just absolutely absurd so when you're in a conservatorship though, like who has the control? What do they have control over? Is it case by case? Do we know the situation in, with Brittany? I mean, that's a good, good last question because we don't know exactly what Brittany's day-to-day you know, is like. There's a lot of speculation out there. What we do know is that legally, she's not in control of her life decisions, her finances. The example that you know a lot of, us throw around is that she, if you wanted to leave the house and go to Starbucks, she needs permission to do that. And that's just not a way to live. So what we're advocating for is for this conservatorship to end so that we know that, you know, at least Brittany's decisions are her own. And we'll, you know, we're advocating for, you know, someone to have the freedom to make their own decisions and live life on their own terms. We're not, and then we're not saying what that life, you know, should and shouldn't look like. Yeah. What it, what it should, should be like. So that's what conservatorship means. And it's just awfully there, there is a function for it. You know, like I said before, you know, if someone literally needs help putting on their pants, then maybe they shouldn't, or maybe they do need, you know, someone in charge of making financial decisions for them. But you know, that's 
clearly not the case with Britney Spears. And we don't need to know the day-to-day to make that assessment. Like I said, you know, we've seen her perform in hundreds of shows. We've listened to the albums she's recorded. She has the mental capacity to make decisions for herself. Maybe a lot of people don't won't agree with those decisions. And that's that's a whole other conversation. But what we're saying is that that doesn't matter. You know, she should she should have freedom to make those decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's a, it's a human rights issue, honestly, at the root of it. Um, you know, we all started because we're Britney fans and we feel for her and we think she's way too under control and, and it looks weird. But the deeper we start digging, the more we're realizing this is a very deep rooted sort of systemic problem. You know, conservatorships, as Kevin said, they have a function, but they are way too often being abused. Uh, the, the system itself is is being is helping con artists essentially wow. take over control of disabled or elderly persons who have money, and you know they're essentially losing every basic civil right that they should have, and their estates are being drained, and this is a big problem. So it's you know it's kind of evolved, and I think that's why a lot of us have have remained very passionate about this and mm-hmm. firmly believe we're going to get Brittany out, and do hope to also affect change within the system to reform these laws that are making it so easy for someone to come in and just wipe away someone's entire life and take away, take control of every last right. Right. And since you guys have been working with the Free Brittany movement, have you just seen how much farther this goes on with maybe even a day-to-day person? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, We have found that, you know, I think the media makes it out like Britney's case is unique, but she, her case actually has parallels with thousands of people who are under conservatorship who maybe shouldn't be, you know, their families are fighting to have, you know, the public pay attention to their case because that is the only way that'll change. There, there are systemic problems in the probate court. You know, there are conflicts of interest, you know, the attorneys that the court appoints to represent um, conservatives, you know, they don't always act in the conservatives' best interests. That issue is present in Brady's case, and that issue is present in a lot of other cases, too. I think that's, you know, one of the um, beautiful things about this movement is that, you know, we really have the capacity to affect positive change for a lot of people. Absolutely. So random, but have you guys seen the film I Care A Lot? It's very, I'm like, this seems like the plot to the movie. And like, the more I hear this, the more I'm like, wow. So if you haven't gone and watched I Care A Lot, go check it out. But going into a conservatorship, is it only a family member or like, can anybody recommend a conservatorship for the person? So that's actually, that's a great question. And that's one of the problems with the system is anyone can petition the court to conserve someone. So if your neighbor, I think this was an actual case, um, someone complained that their neighbor, you know, was too loud or got angry too easily. And they petitioned, I don't know what happened with the case, but they actually petitioned the court to conserve his neighbor because of that. So if you, you know, look at someone the wrong way, and they are able to prove that you do not have capacity legally, then then the court can conserve you. And what's really messed up is that, you know, everyone who is involved in making that decision, they're incentivized to conserve you because, and especially if you have a lot of money, because then you don't get access to your money to defend yourself. And the longer that conservatorship keeps going, the more money they make. And that is why even with all this public pressure, Britney Spears is still under conservatorship. 
because the money flow is just too great. To point out that Brittany is paying everyone involved. She's paying oh. both sides. She's paying her own court-appointed attorney that she did not choose, who's been with her since 2008. She's paying additional litigators that he brought in. She's paying her dad's lawyers, uh, more litigators he has. Uh, so she is funding every side of this fight, essentially paying to fight against herself and, and against her wishes. Right. So the attorneys don't even want out of it. They're like, exactly. <laughs> might as well ride this paycheck forever because it's a big one because, I mean, she's a huge name and everyone loves her. So even with the media attention, they're like, keep it coming, I guess, because no press is bad press, I guess, which is a whole other conversation. <laughs> but so then how often do people get out of conservatorships? They don't very often. If you recall in Framing Britney Spears, mm -hmm. uh, an attorney, Vivian Thoreen, spoke and basically said it. she's never seen it happen. And it's important to note, note also that she's now working again with Jamie Spears to keep Britney in this conservatorship. So wow. it's just... It, if in theory, if a conservatorship is used appropriately for someone who needs it, who has a degenerative disease like Alzheimer's dementia, that's not going to get better. Mm -hmm. Or they're in a vegetative state. They're very, or they're, you know, developmentally disabled. Not saying that all any of those things constitute a conservatorship, mm -hmm. but if if you do, if one is warranted at that point, you're not going to recover from any of those things. You'll probably, you know, you're going to be in the conservatorship for the rest of your life because you're not going to get better. So it makes sense that you wouldn't get out of a conservatorship. Mm -hmm. What doesn't make sense is a 26-year-old woman like Brittany, who was you know, fully capable of maintaining her own life, in my opinion, and many others. Mm -hmm. If anyone's going to break a norm and get out of a conservatorship, I believe it's Brittany Spears. It's She has proven she doesn't have a degenerative disease. She's maintained for 13 years. She's performed nonstop. She's out there you know, doing appearances and selling perfumes and running an empire, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand that generally people don't get out. But people who are in it under fraudulent circumstances, like Brittany and a lot of these victims that we've spoken about, we need to make change so that they can get out. Because right. it's essentially, it's it's like, it's a life sentence. You know, you go to prison, you have a sentence, you know, when you're getting out. Brittany even said that as early as 2008. When you go to prison, you know, you're going to get out one day, you have an end date. And for Brittany, it's just like every day, the same for 13 years. So that really keeps me going because... I want to prove these people wrong. Someone like Vivian Thoreen, who makes money off of these types of conservatorships, who says, well, you never really get out. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to prove you wrong because someone like Brittany, who frankly never qualified for a probate conservatorship mm -hmm. and doesn't now, um, she's going to break that norm. And that's, that's exactly, that's bottom line, period. So you kind of brought up the legal team and the father. I'm dying to know if we can talk about it. Like she has, it's been found correct. Correct me if I'm wrong, that Brittany does not want her father to be the conservator. So they're just that, that is correct. I mean, I would go so far to say that Brittany does not want the conservatorship. I think yes. there are many, we've had many clues over the years that Brittany does not agree with conservatorship, that she's tried to get out, but that she was threatened, you know, the removal of custody of her kids if she fought it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even when she talked about in, in a live interview, even when she, you know, mentioned the conservatorship about how she didn't have creative control over some of her albums, you know, that was edited out of the broadcast. And so we've had many clues over the years that Britney, that things with the conservatorship weren't cool. Mm -hmm. But to answer your question, yes, absolutely. She has officially, you know, asked her father to be removed um, through her court appointed um, attorney, Sam Ingham. And so those are in official court filings, you know, as of last summer. 
And that's why we've been seeing these hearings almost every month uh, with the conservatorship. And what frustrates us, though, on that same note is we've seen comments in legal documents. We've also I've sat in on hearings. I've heard these words being spoken by these attorneys that, you know, Brittany's dad refers to her as a racehorse and she doesn't want to work as long as he's in control of her career. And all of these things have been said. However, there hasn't been an, an official petition to remove Jamie Spears or to end the conservatorship. I myself, if I was an interested party or had any way of any authority in this case, I would file a petition to terminate the entire thing tomorrow. So we don't really know why that hasn't happened yet. But as we've said, everyone's incentivized. It's, they're all making money. So why do they want it to end? The only one who probably wants it to end is Brittany and maybe a few very close friends or family who are not out just for the money. Right. So, you know, as much as we've heard murmurings, it is a very slow process and we're frustrated as a movement that things aren't happening quicker because we understand the court system moves slowly, but there is a 39 year old woman behind the scenes who is still stuck in this arrangement as long as these people are fighting back and forth. So that's what frustrates me. And I want to see nothing more than it. Let's at least end the personal conservatorship. They're going to fight for that money forever. <laughs> But let's let her make her day-to-day decisions about herself as a human, as a woman. You know, if that's the baby step we have to take, again, I'd prefer to just end the entire thing tomorrow, but don't have the power to do that, unfortunately. <laughs> we all wish we do. And I, Julianne's point, all this back and forth in court going on right now is about the money. So throughout all of all of it, she still has a conservator of the person. And therefore, you know, she doesn't have her decisions aren't hers. Wow. And for somebody who's in the creative space, that too, I let alone going to Starbucks, the basic example we all we all do to your own creative control of I mean, influencers have a brand and a label and blah blah blah. So the fact that the queen of pop literally can't control her own image right now is beyond insane and worth absolutely fighting for. I mean, I feel like Brittany has given a lot of people so much and even so much of a comeback story of like, you can go through mental health and still get back up on stage and do what you need to do. But right now she doesn't want to do that because she is not allowed in the way she wants and she should absolutely fight for it. I mean, I think that's what got me so involved in this movement or being aware of it, I was like, oh my God, like I've loved Brittany for so long. Is there a certain moment, even since you joined the advocacy that you have just deeply felt so passionate to this journey? Every day. It's hard to to pinpoint. I will say my first experience, like diving really deep in was attending a rally in LA uh, last uh, July of 2020. And it's just, it's really reassuring and comforting to meet people who already understand the situation. Because as we know, this is 13 plus years of back and forth of media lies and money and all this stuff. So to not have to explain it to someone and to go meet people who care as much about Britney as, as you do, that will fire you right up. You know, you can't, I always say you can't go to a rally and then you're not going to just walk away after that. Everyone who's attended a rally, whether it's in LA or Argentina or France, I mean, we've, we've got worldwide rallies happening these days. And for me, that's what's inspiring is the camaraderie of the fan base. And all, we all feel like we just want to help our girl. You know, Brittany helped us in, in many different ways growing up. It's all, the least we could do to help fight for her human rights. I have a fun, weird question. On this podcast, we talk a lot about Instagram. And I know you mentioned the podcast, Brittany's Grams, but 
I've heard rumors, I don't know if you can confirm or deny it, that she doesn't even have control over her own Instagram. That she, yeah, tell me about that. What's what's going on? That That is a popular theory. Okay, uh, I will say, yeah, I will say, I will say this. Uh, there are lots of theories about what's going on through Instagram. There's really no confirmation of anything. I will say that it does, has no bearing on whether or not the conservatorship should end. Right. And I say that because even before, you know, framing Britney Spears, the conversation like among the general public was that, you know, you can, we can see that uh, Britney's not doing well because of her Instagram. And therefore, that's why, you, you know, she needs conservatorship. But when you really think that through, you're using someone's like social media use to like strip away their their civil rights. Like that's that's not OK. So the bottom line is the the Instagram theories have no bearing on whether or not this conservatorship should end. It should end either way. That said, yes, you know, there there is a theory that she is not in control of her Instagram, that it's a team that is, you know, selecting through content that maybe she records, maybe not for Instagram, mm-hmm. and then is deliberately putting it out there to craft the narrative that Britney's mental health uh, is not, that Britney is unstable and therefore needs conservatorship. Um, that is one theory. Um, there's also, I'm sure you've heard, you know, the other theory that Brittany does control her Instagram and, you know, is sending coded messages for mm-hmm. help. You know, that that is a popular theory that picked up on TikTok. And, you know, I'm not going to comment more on that, <laughs> but uh, except to say that that really brought a lot of awareness to the movement. Mm-hmm. Either way, she did not get to make the hiring decision on like, it's not, it's so let me put it this way. It's not a conspiracy theory to have, you know, a social media manager, a lot of celebrities do, but, but Britney Spears because of the conservatorship didn't get to make that hiring decision. Mm -hmm. And so what we're advocating for is to end the conservatorship so that she does get to do that. So if she, if the conservatorship ends and she still wants, you know, a social media manager kind of, filtering through all the content, then by, by all means, like we support that, you know, but until that happens, we really don't know whether this is what Brittany really wants to put out there. I'm so glad you said that. Cause I think there's so much misconception about the Instagram. And I think what you said is completely true. Like Instagram, not Instagram, gladly awareness brought us here, but at the bottom line, it doesn't matter. And she should be out of this situation. <laughs> that bottom exactly. Line. Exa- that topic gets me kind of heated just based on, you can't just look at someone's Instagram feed and deem them quote unquote crazy. Mm. You know, that's a very subjective thing. And if someone thinks, oh, she just looks off. Okay. Well, someone could look at my Instagram and think I look off, uh, you know, that, that doesn't warrant, uh, it's really stigmatizing. I'll say to mm. imply that, her mental health is unstable and she's out on Instagram and, and that's why she needs these, this control over her that it it's stigmatizing is really the only word I've got. It just, I thought we were past that. You know, it's one mm-hmm. thing 13 years ago, we were placing these labels on Brittany and saying really insulting things that were completely inappropriate. You know, none of us have treated Brittany or know her health, uh, physical, mental, or otherwise, but to have that still be happening in 2021 is really frustrating to me because as a society, we do talk a little bit more about mental health. We're getting more comfortable with it, but we clearly have a long way to go. If we're going to look at a pop star's Instagram and say, oh, she's crazy, moving on, leave it mm-hmm. as is, she can stay in this conservatorship, you know? Right. 
No, it shouldn't be so blanketed. And that's, that's the thing. So the whole reason behind this podcast is like that facade that people put out online. That's not it. it it's picture perfect. We're debunking that. That's not, that's a highlight reel or it's whatever is being chosen to be put out there. It's not so simple. You know, you do have to remember that these are fully constructed people that live behind that screen or that image that you're peculiarly seeing. So I'm so glad we touched on that because I think there's so much talk about it, especially on, on TikTok and, and Instagram itself. So my next question though is where are we now? What's the updates? What's coming up for this whole movement? So right now, Brittany has asked for her dad, Jamie, to be removed as conservator. As Leanne pointed out, no petition has been filed to remove him. And so we as a movement, we're pushing for that. In the meantime, there have been several hearings scheduled to discuss, I would call them, you know, minor matters, you know, about accounting, about fee petitions. And so we are you know, taking the opportunity to continue to rally, to make noise during each of those hearings to get people aware of the, the issue. Because the truth is, the more that people who know about this, the greater chance we have of affecting change in this. Because then all the attorneys, all the judges, you know, they'll know, they know that people are watching. And so they know that they can't make a wrong move because this, you know, they're, they're justifying this conservatorship, but this conservatorship has been fraudulent from the very beginning. And so um, what they're, what they're saying in this, they're, they're kind of falling back on, well, Brittany never asked for changes until now. So, so we better see those changes. I would like to see, you know, a much bigger change than just removing her dad, obviously. Mm-hmm. But ultimately what's, really important is that everyone makes noise and, you know, learn about the issue, you know, talk to friends and family about it. That's what's going to affect change here. Absolutely. And is there um, any, like, what's your best way you would uh, advise somebody who wants to get involved? Is there any rallies coming up or, you know, what's the best website or, you know, your Instagram to stay totally up to date on all the issues? Well, I would say a good first place to look is freebritney.army. That is our website where we've court documents and media articles about the movement and blog posts and information about when and where rallies are happening or how to start your own rally if there is not one near you. And then we've got a big rally coming up next week. We're in March, right? March 17th. (laughs) March 17th, there is a, a hearing which for specifically for LA, it'll be the first in-person rally we've had uh, since last year. And after Framing Britney Spears premiered and we've got all this attention on us, I do think it's going to be a big rally. So if you are close to LA and you can make it, please do. Otherwise, uh, again, freebritney.army, we've got an events page with tons of rallies throughout the country and even in other countries as well, because Britney is just a global superstar. As we damn know her to be. (laughs) And then we're also on Instagram um, at Free Britney LA is the best place to get all the up to date info. And also, if you cannot t- attend the rallies in person, um, we always go live so that you can watch what's happening in LA outside of the courthouse. Well, guys, thank you so much again for taking the time to talk about such an amazing issue. I appreciate you guys so much for taking the time to advocate and just spending the time to educate us more on this issue here at the podcast. So. Guys, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.
I think it's very clear that this is actually a very serious conversation that is going on with conservatorship abuse. And we are just touching the tip of the iceberg when we are talking about what's going on with Britney Spears. But do we need this to end for Britney? Absolutely. Like they said, there is a rally actually on 317. I will be there. And it is time that conservative ship abuse ends and we free Britney and she gets her rights back because this girl has done so much and by no reason deserves to be treated this way. So thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next week.